It's a podcast. Mm. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to the Indie Games Indeed podcast from Ghost Volta. It's our first podcast as Ghost Volta, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Episode one. Way to enter on the uh, on the first floor, listeners. <laughs> Way to be part of something great. Um, so yeah, uh, this is the Ghost Volta podcast about indie games. Uh, my name is Molly. I'm Spencer, and I'm Joshua. All right. We are all uh, staff members of ghostvolta.com. It's our uh, fun little indie game site where we talk about indie games. I wonder if I can get a counter for how many times I say indie games in this podcast. <laughs> You're already on it's, like 12. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I know. Today's today's podcast brought to you by the words indie games. Um, it's a drinking game. Yeah. I, I uh, hope you set up your, uh, your uh, what is it? The 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 IV get, get your IVs yeah, ready right IV now. Going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, for those of you who have probably been f- uh, following the, the site for a little while, uh, you know, I think we had our second birthday not too long ago, actually. Um, we, this is the first podcast uh, for the site and um, are we two years to, old? Yeah. We're like, cause we, I think we started in 2013. Wow. How time yeah. flies. Yeah, it because it was before I moved. So, and I've I've been here for two years. Um, so, yeah, I know it's been crazy. Um, but uh, just kind of wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping to talk about the state of the site um, and some things that are coming up for us. Uh, one thing that's really exciting. Um, well, first, you may have wondered. You know, might have seen a little bit of uh, like slowness on the amount of updates on the website and everything uh first well we did kind of face a bit of um a hosting problem which took a while and that was kind of a bummer we're in the middle of going to a different host that will hopefully give us the best bang for a buck and um give us a little bit more that we need but um also just life is uh (laughs) kind of happened i think for all three of us especially because you know i i got a new job Josh got a new job and then Spencer got a new job, I think. And so new jobs, kind of, part of totals. Yeah. And then Erica See. like graduated and then went on a trip to Europe for the summer. So we were all kind of like doing our own thing. Um, that being said, uh, Ghost Volta isn't going to go anywhere. We still really love indie games. Sorry. Take another shot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the site is definitely a passion project for us. So that means that we do it in our spare time. And sometimes it's harder to find time to get it done every day. But um, sometimes we need a break. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we need a break. Uh, But uh, we're also, you know, we're always looking for more writers. So if you're hearing this and you love indie games and you want to write about them, definitely uh, email us uh, or tweet us at Vigos Volta. And um, we'll, you know, we'll get in touch with you. Um, but we're also looking into do more multimedia stuff. Obviously the podcast, this is one of those things looking to do more videos and, um, you know, we're on the upswing. Uh, we're going to start doing more podcasts or uh, not pod- well, we are, but also do more giveaways again. And we're also going to be doing extra life for those of you who are unfamiliar with that. That's a charity stream where gamers, a lot of times 
they will do 24 hour marathon streams, but um, that's kind of difficult for our crew right now. So we're going to do, we're going to break it up into a few hours every weekend for a few weeks. And uh, we're going to touch base on that more a little bit later as we develop uh, our ideas for it a little bit more, but we're going to try to do some giveaways and other stuff to incentivize people to donate because it goes to children's network hospital. Um, So it's for a great cause. And uh, that all of the stuff that we're talking about will be linked below. So don't worry about that. You can check it out. So that's, I think that's it for housekeeping. Um, unless anybody else wanted to say anything. I think you covered it. Yeah. We've, we've right. cleaned house. Cleaned it out. Um, so yeah. So uh, what indie games have we been playing, guys? Well, I've been playing Rock. I yeah. love that game. Let me tell you. It's like... For me, anyway, it's like the perfect cross section between like, uh, like an actual game mm-hmm. and then like a sports game. Because I'm not really a big mm-hmm. sports game person, right? Um, but it's just arcadey enough to not be a sports game, but it's also like it's soccer. Yeah. Right. Play. Yeah. People seem to be going nuts over this game. I haven't played it yet. Oh my yeah. god, dude! It's really, really fun. It's, it's it was so free fun. on PlayStation Four. Yeah, that's I what. Think. That's what people are saying. And and it's also on PC too, I think. Yeah, I don't. It's big on I don't, Steam right now. Yeah, I don't, you can't. It's not cross-platform or not. No. It's not like you can't play. Okay, I didn't think so. I wish though. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really fun, and it it's kind of like I I, I don't really get into esports personally. Um, like I I think it's cool that it's a thing, and I you know more power to esports, but Rocket League could be something that kind of gets me into esports just because um you know there's different car types and it's so yeah it's like spencer said it's basically a soccer with remote control cars like it's just rc soccer and so you have yeah right i know it's just like how did nobody think of this before and why isn't this a real thing um what's really neat is you can have different car types like some of them are faster some of them are slower but more powerful and can take more hits no, so like you, um a little bit not really though i mean it's mostly just like cosmetic stuff most oh, of the cars okay. they'll all do like the same speed same jumps um the real where it comes into play is like the differences is like what position you play just like in real soccer you know you got a goalie you've got um your people that i guess i don't know i don't play soccer so obviously i don't know the soccer positions but you've got somebody who will try to you know center the ball so that somebody can score it you know you kind of have these different roles that everybody plays and it's kind of interesting to see that kind of um, even like without communication or anything like that, people just kind of fall into those roles automatically. At least that's yeah. something I've noticed playing. So teamwork's needed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's beneficial for sure. Otherwise, like otherwise, you just look like. Because I was playing with Spencer last night, and I was just even even though we were in a party together, I was just slamming into him left <laughs> and right. I mean, it's kind of inevitable. But... It's, it's funny though. I mean, when you get yeah. you know hit by somebody, you know you go flying and. Like I slid for like thirty seconds, and I was like, I don't even care. This is pretty funny. So, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's communication. Like, and I think that's what's going to separate like, you know, real casual people from like, you know, real like competitive type of people. Just like you see in like yeah. Counter Strike and Dota, mm-hmm. League of Legends, all that kind of stuff. It's really right. it's, it comes down to communication and you know setting up shots for other people. So, so cool. Yeah, how much? I'm trying to see where it's going to go. It's twenty bucks. Yeah, I mean, and for that, and then there's um, there's like, what was it, three or four dollar DLC? Well, yeah. not DLC, but like downloadable something. 
It's it's DLC. I mean, it's yeah. It's four dollars, and you get like a you get two different cars. You get um, some new finish, or like six new finishes for each car, and you get like some new um, paint styles. Uh, I mean, it's all cosmetic stuff, so it's nothing yeah. that you need. Nothing you need, <laughs> yeah. but it's like hey. If you like the game, but it, it definitely, yeah. If if it's a way, I mean, if anything, like I think we've all learned that if you allow people to express, I mean, like the Avatar Marketplace for three sixty. Think about that. Like if if you allow people to express themselves, like in in the way that they like visually and visual appearance, then people are gonna take to that, you know. And I mean, it is fun because like you know you can put little things on your antenna and. Uh, you can have little hats and stuff. So you've got these little RC cars with hats and crowns and, and stuff hat. like, yeah. Yeah. Spence has a top hat. I think I have a crown. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really fun game. And um, I, I remember the first time I played it, I stayed up until like three or 4 a.m. Yeah. Just having a blast. I, I put like and, six hours into it the first day and just playing online. I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, this is, like, this is just. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. It just clicks. Um, yeah, it does. And and the the tutorials are so interesting because you can see how in depth and how talented someone can have potentially be at that game. Like there is a lot of skill that that somebody could possess in that game. It's really interesting. I don't. I am not one of those people, <laughs> but it could happen one day. Um, uh, Josh, so you were playing Polybridge. I've only played the tutorial really, but um, I read Thomas's review and it seemed like a blast uh what did how did you like it yeah it's spot on uh i was just getting off a stint of long gaming on a triple a game and i needed a break something a lot easier mm-hmm. to play and <laughs> this isn't easier to play but it's cool it's uh i love physics based games and i was kind of put off it at first just by looking at it, it kind of looked childish you know mm-hmm. with what it was but jumping right into it yeah it's awesome it's so it's like, you know, any other, you know, bridge building game, clear gap. And it's, I guess they have something what's called like, um, what was it like? True, oh, accurate physics. So mm-hmm. it's, everything's pretty much accurate to, you know, how it would react in real world. And, and, you know, I'm on, God, what level I'm on? 30 or 40, you know, through oh level, God. not super far in it. And uh, every bridge uh, gives you uh, a whole slew of new things you have to try to solve. And it's fun, you know, and uh, the music's. You know, entertaining. I turned it off after a while, after like the fortieth <laughs> hour of hearing it. But right, you know, right, it's, right. it's still entertaining. You know, the graphics are great, and it's you know, and I haven't tapped into the sandbox yet. And I've I've watched some people build some stuff on it, which is you know, crazy amazing to you know right. what you can do with it. So, yeah, I mean, for uh, you know the cheap price of I think it's like twelve bucks. You know, it's it's wonderful. It's an awesome game. Yeah, I I was I remember when. Um we were talking about like who could review it and stuff. It was really difficult. Cause I was like, God, I feel like this is a perfect game for Josh. So I was really happy when I saw that you were streaming it. I was like, yes, because I, I knew that you would have a lot to say about it. I can see it coming on uh, like uh, handhelds here pretty soon. Cause it's all oh, pretty yeah. much touch and drag and finger and connecting stuff. It mm-hmm. worked perfect for a touch screen. And oh, that'd be great. It yeah, would be even, I mean, I'd spend uh, way too much time on it then. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and then you could just put, I mean, it would make so much sense of like the microtransactions of like buying more um, materials and stuff. Cause you get a, I, well, maybe that, maybe that would defeat the purpose. Cause you get a budget, right. Of how, what you can. Yeah. They give build. you uh, uh it's, um, 
it's a it's a monetary budget, but then they also kind of um, depending on you know uh, what level or whatnot they like they they limit the amount of road you can use and mm-hmm. they they limit some supplies also. So you have a money cap, and then you also have a supply cap to try to to you know solve your problem or whatever it is. Which you know I always look at s- games like this as you know okay how can I incorporate this into my you know I'm a teacher into my classroom and stuff and kids would just dig this in you know it's very cool game that has you know educational type of benefits with it you know real engineering uh you know facets and 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 problem solving you know abilities it's it's cool it's a fun game that's awesome yeah that's i mean i didn't even think about it in that sense that's really i remember playing something like that when i was in uh, i think i was in middle school we took yeah. like, this tech class they're like typing and like 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 web design stuff like that and that was one of the things in like an architectural one i spent like way too much time on the the engineering part just because you get to play this little bridge game and you get to like you know make sure it stays up otherwise the semi is gonna you know pivot or not pivot but fall into the ravine and i kind of enjoyed seeing it fall into the ravine but yeah so i would not be a good engineer so (laughs) (laughs) it's fun watching them wreck you know yeah because they have like not only cars like they 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 go across the bridge you got to try to get like multiple cars across but then you also have to get bridges through there so you have structures that you have to make you know go up and down and it's crazy oh you mean boats yeah boats yeah you said bridges (laughs) yeah bridges i heard heard you like bridges dogs i put bridges in your bridges you can bridge while you bridge (laughs) bridgeception yeah Uh, yeah, no, I, I've played, I, now I want to go play it more. I had a lot of trouble with the tutorial, um, which says a lot about me. I'm not an engineer, it's, obviously. It's really those, you know, you have to start thinking like three-dimensionally, you know, one mm-hmm. of those, you know, because you're like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, it just it's sometimes, you know, the simplest way works and, and a lot of times it's way more complicated. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I really like the game a lot, so I'm going to have to check it out. Um, I have... Th- three games that I've been playing recently and I want to talk about each of them because I think they're really awesome. Um, I'll go from the most, from the, the farthest to the most recent uh, one that I've been playing. Uh, I played the long dark on Xbox preview, which is mainly why I wanted to talk about it. Xbox preview is really great. It's essentially um, early like, access, isn't it? Yeah. It's like early access for the Xbox. And so you get to play, play an hour of the game before you have to commit to buying it or not buying it. And that's really important. I think because I that's, didn't know that that's really, really interesting. Yeah. There's right now, I think there's only two, uh, there's long dark and then there's this other game that I think that's like a space flying game. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but, uh, the long dark, I really like it's, I, one of my favorite books when I was younger was, uh, the hatchet series. And within that series was Brian's winter and so it's basically about this kid who gets stranded in the Canadian wilderness. I did not um, know that was a series. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's uh like the ha- there's the original. I think there's the Hatchet, then Brian's Winter, then like the River. There's a there's a few of them that are in there. Yeah, there's like uh, four he, books, I think. Yeah, he just keeps his. He has the worst luck. He just keeps getting <laughs> lost. Crashing planes everywhere. Yeah, um, and that's essentially the some the the aspect the plot to this game uh it's still in it's it's on xbox as well as pc on steam in early access mode uh or access not mode but in early Early access access. yeah and um i think now now the xbox has been updated to be uh at the same 
uh, version of the PC. But um, so basically you are, it's some kind of like, I think like an EMP has gone off and caused um, global darkness. So there's, it's just snow everywhere. And, uh, and so you're in the Canadian, I believe it's the Canadian wilderness and you just have to survive. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really realistic. It, it takes a lot of the things from Daisy that I really liked. And I think like you and I at first were really huge fans of Daisy. Not, not that we're not anymore, but um, just in terms of having to come up with a plan to like scavenge and, and you really can't stay in one place and survive, you know? Um, yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. And, and you can freeze to death. You can starve to death. You can break your bones. Um, you can get attacked by bears and by wolves and everything takes time, you know, like you can try to start a fire, but there's no guarantee that you will start one right away. And then you like lose some of your items for trying to start it because they're not usable anymore. Yeah, um, you really have to, have to weigh the, you know, cons and, and staying alive. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's a really great game. And I know that, that right now it's still just sandbox mode. Um, so, but there is going to be a story mode that they're working on and there are three levels that you can play. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, just a really fun game. It's just very, it's, it's eerie and beautiful at the same time. Um, Very beautiful. Yeah. And and speaking of eerie and beautiful, everybody has gone to the rapture. Hello, goodness gracious. That game is Amazing. Uh, it's by the Chinese room, the same people that made Dear Esther and one of the Amnesia games. Machine for Pigs. Yeah, uh, Amnesia, a machine for pigs. Um, and Corsicovia. I'm not as familiar with that one, but I played Dear Esther and uh, I, I'm familiar with Amnesia. Uh, I don't play scary games very often, but if you play Dear Esther, it's the same kind of thing, um, only a little bit better, I think. Uh, so basically, the the plot of everybody's gone to the rapture is you something has happened and everybody in this English little English town is gone except for you. And, and so you're walking around and there's some kind of light orb that uh, directs you kind of like where to go. And as you walk, you'll see these little light orbs floating in the air. And then you walk up to them and then they play a scene for you of something before the event happened. You don't really know what happened and why everybody's gone. And it's just very, um, just incredibly captivating. And the game itself is beautiful and it's, and it is, it's so eerie because there's just, you just hear like the swing set moving and like, um, I I haven't played too much of it yet, but I played about like 15, 20 minutes and, and, and already in that, that time, it's really just engrossed me. I kind of had to force myself to put it down. But it's it's really great for there's one part where uh, so and, and it's cool because you see like the light sources taking on the form of the people. So you get like kind of an idea of like body language, but it's not too it, it really relies on you to kind of make it up in your head to fill in the uh, the blanks, so to speak, or read in between the lines. And, um, you know, there's one where two moms are talking at the park and uh, their kids are like looking at two dead birds and they're talking about how there's been kind of an outbreak of like the flu or something. And she says, you know, Hey, if you wanted to go to Manchester right now, might not be a bad time. And then, and then I walked over and the bird, the dead birds were still there. 
like where the kids were like looking and then they kind of the, the light sources kind of like fluttered away, I guess. Um, yeah, it's it's a really, really great game. I'm really impressed with it. It sounds kind of like it's similar to um, Gone Home that they kind of yeah. Yeah, they yeah. put you in the aftermath of something that happened and they kind of leave you to figure out kind of right. how it happened. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, the same thing, the same way that Gone Home really captivated well, me at least. And I think a lot of people was the voice acting. Um, right. And, and so there is like argument, like how much of a game is it with limited gameplay? Um, but I, I think it's an experience that's worthy of checking out. And, um, and then I've also been playing no time to explain on Xbox. That game's really fun. That looks funny. <laughs> it's it. It's, it's a blast. It's just, uh, you die a lot and you have to kind of, there's a, it's kind of like portal, but a little more violent. Um, oh, yeah, right. violent, so. yeah, it's, it's in the sense that like you have to, there's like physics aspects to it. And you, so you have this, um, this gun that basically allows you to propel up and, uh, and then you have to kind of use that and angle it with like the different uh, environmental parts in the game that will like send you so you don't want to like land into spikes or or something like that but it's a really funny game it's very it's very minimal um but yeah it's a lot of fun it's by uh, tiny build games it's a it's a really fun game i definitely check it that's also on uh, xbox and pc as well i believe the art style kind of reminds me of what does it remind me of like um scribble knots or some some yeah 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 i can definitely see that that's a good point um but uh so yeah, yeah so n- nobody else has played everybody's gone to the rapture i've been calling no. it the wrong thing i've been saying everybody's every everyone's gone to rapture everybody is gone but everybody's gone to the rapture uh so my my bad i've seen a lot of videos on it um it yeah. looks amazing so i'm yeah sometime I, once i finish my million other games here <laughs> yeah i know the backlog's getting kind of ridiculous oh, for yeah. me as well yep yep um, but yeah, I definitely recommend, or at least like at the very least, like checking it out. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people who are streaming it and stuff. It's very eerie, but I don't think that anything, I, I, I mean, I haven't finished it, but I don't think that anything jumps out at you, but I'm, I'm interested to see. Could you, you get it. as much out of it if you're watching someone stream it from like beginning to end, if, since it's like a story game, um, discovering, I think, I, th- I think. If maybe if you're if you're listening with like headphones on, yeah, and stuff, but um, I always think that there is some kind of part of it removed when you're watching somebody stream it, uh, just because um, it becomes a lot less personal when you're watching somebody else play it. Because like whenever you're watching somebody stream, and obviously I've got nothing against anybody streaming or watching game stream, but you know, to me, like a lot of the core experiences that I remember of games, obviously I was playing them at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to react to stuff quite accordingly. You know, right. like well, stuff like uh, you know, if I saw like the twist happen in Bioshock, um, I wouldn't really feel like compelled by it. But since you know, like I was forced to you know make those decisions. Well, not really. It's not really a decision-based game. But I guess my point is, is that it. You know, I only yeah, say it because it's like a story game, and you know, right, I, right. I listen to right. a lot of. Uh, podcasts that are story based you know and and whatnot that i have to you know just listen along and 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 imagine it in my head and, and whatnot so but yeah it probably it probably would be one of the games that you you won't miss out as much but i think also because it's it's very open world um so 
I don't know if, if, if I could be listening to things out of order yeah, or, you know, stuff like that. So it probably is a unique experience. Support your indie developers anyways, right? Yeah, exactly. Buy that, buy that shit. Um, so speaking of, uh, indie developers, this is a, this is the main event. Ding, um, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> And we're back. I I think somebody, I think Spencer's house fell down. So we had to cut that out a little bit. Um, It fell completely down. I had to put it back. (laughs) Yeah. He built it in under seven days. That's a new PR. In (laughs) creative. Yes. Yes. I probably should have made it out of gingerbread, but you know, (laughs) I say work with what you got. So. Yeah. 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 Um, So uh, this is kind of something I, I think we all can agree with that indie games uh, the term indie game take two shots uh was a very literal definition for a while um and then it's kind of like uh, like music and and movies it's it's kind of turned into more of a cultural aesthetic um and so being an indie site uh, I, i'm interested to hear what we each have to say about how we define indie uh as a company and then as uh, as individuals i always take it as like a small team, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they're, they're not financially backed. They're, they're using their own money and their own resources to build, you know, their, their passion. They're not deemed by a, a governing voice telling them what they have to do. And it's, it's kind of uh, always uh, would seem like a work of passion for them. So when I think of indie, I think of like passion, it's like their passion, you know, they're building what they love and, uh, and, and small on scale, you know, and, and p- for some reason, pixels, is, I mean, you know, an eight bit and six, that mm-hmm. for, for some reason that I don't know why always comes up in my head. Cause I've seen games that aren't, but you know, that that it's fit in that easy category. To kind of make them synonymous with indie games, just because they're so they're so very very common in indie culture. Yeah. Um, but I think you were right about this kind of self financing and the small teams, uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, to me, the big thing that I look for when I I guess when I determine whether something's indie or not, um, you know, do they have a publisher? Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not. If they do have one, because there's you know companies like Devolver, right. um, Majesco had a um, an indie label for a long time. They still might. I don't, I don't know. They were on the verge of going bankrupt. Self self financing is the big thing that I look for. You know, you know, mm-hmm. is it you know three guys in the basement, you know, toiling away on laptops? Um, is it a team of twenty people that um, got their money through Kickstarter? Um, mm-hmm. Is it? trying to think of another good example um that's i guess that's kind of the point that i'm kind of get across that's the big right. thing that i look for obviously there are some exceptions um like i know i guess the one thing that i'm always the one developer that always kind of throws me off is um cd project red um the makers of the witcher series mm-hmm. yeah um, because they are um witcher um it's pretty much self-financed by them Right. Um, they did have Warner Brothers help publishing it here in the states, um, but more often than not, it's you know it's their own money that they put in. I mean, it's you know money through sales of The Witcher and um, poor <laughs> <laughs> Spence, his house falls down and then his internet falls apart. Let me tell you what, I'm more upset about my internet cutting out than I am about the house falling down. Right, right. Um, but yeah, CD Projekt Red is the one that always kind of um throws me for a loop because 
um, you know, by my definitions, especially, they could be considered indie because they self-finance most of their games. Um, they use most of their in-house technology. Um, yeah, even though they're a big team making big AAA games, arguably one of the biggest ones of the year, mm-hmm. it's still arguably indie just because it's you know they had this help. Well, they didn't really have much help in making the game themselves. They, it's you know, granted they didn't write it, but they you know they made the combat. They did everything else uh, without the help of like Warner Brothers or right. uh, EA or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, and that's probably the the biggest issue. I wanted to uh to share uh one of my friends over at Indieformer uh were, and I were talking about it and uh he was saying um uh you know, it's a very uh, interpretive and at times contentious topic. For me, my definition began as simply anything independently developed. Obviously, it's not that simple. And as I went along, I came across various challenges to this viewpoint. For instance, if you are just focusing on independent development, isn't what Naughty Dog and Nintendo make in D2? This forced me to reevaluate and come to a more specific criteria that deems a game has not just be independent, has to not just be independently developed, but developed in quote, the spirit of indie games. Um uh, and this is uh, it's mostly a throwaway term uh, he said it's what makes indie games distinct from other games why they are important and uh, th- why they're different from AAA games um, he, had, he had a really great I don't want to read it all because I think he was going to do uh, a video on it and stuff which if mm-hmm. he has I'll go back and I'll, I'll link it below but uh, it, there's he also mentions uh, politics and creativity um, and yeah, and uh, let's uh, game doesn't have to tick all these boxes, but just be made within this ideal, the ideology of indie games, I guess. Um, and and I think that's kind of uh, they're a little bit different than us because there were two games in particular that Spence and I kind of, or Spencer and I, I call him Spence, <laughs> Six Spence, none the richer. Um, he, he, we were talking about Life is Strange. I think that was the biggest one to throw me for the loop or for mm-hmm. a loop because it's published by square Enix, but the uh, French developer that made it, um, don't nod, I believe. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Uh, they, they refused other publishers because they wanted to have artistic. Um, I, th- I think artistic ownership is really what, what we as a company try to focus for, which is still yeah, very difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm to glad find you brought as- that up because, uh, Owning the IP is such a big thing nowadays. Um, like, even though, like, you brought up Naughty Dog earlier. Well, I guess he did, but mm-hmm. you just did by, you know, extension. Right. Um, but the interesting thing about Naughty Dog is that they are, um, if I'm not mistaken, which I may be, I believe they have, they're either partially owned by Sony or they're actually, right. they're a third party by Sony that, you know, they Sony works in tandem with. Right. Yeah, and that's the same. That was kind of the issue with Journey for us. Well, at least for me, is is I consider Journey an indie game, an independent game, because it's an independent mm-hmm. studio, but it's still published by Sony and Santa Monica, right? I wonder if there's like a realm in between where these games fall in, because right. you know, if you if you're not meeting all these categories, you know, I don't really know how you can call yourself an indie game. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that, um, more like a double a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, JV, um, 
yeah, no, double A, that's actually a really great term for yeah. it, actually. Um, and uh, by the way, it was, it was Lawrence from Indie Former. Um, and I, I think that, uh, like, uh, you know, like it's easy for like Stanley Parable and Papers, Please. Um, you know, those are games that are easier to identify, but uh, it was um, Life is Strange and then um, Valiant Hearts, which was by a like yeah. sub Ubisoft. I didn't even know it was by Ubisoft at yep. first, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I mean, and then you think about even if we go all the way back to like Trials, that was made by Red Links, which mm-hmm. was a subdivision, a, 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 another subdivision of Ubisoft, right? They weren't yeah. always. I think they got oh, okay. purchased by. Um, oh, okay, and but when Trials, money. Yeah, yeah, but when Trials came out, they were with Ubisoft, weren't they? Trials HD, yeah, that was okay. Yeah, yeah that was the kind of one that put them on the map, you know, mm-hmm. because that was kind See, of. That's, that's, Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, they they got mainstream, and then once you you kind of get into that mainstream category, whether you're you know giant AAA, it, it changes. Right. Yeah, and and I think and it's something that I don't I don't want it to seem like uh, it's it, I think it's an evolving and and individual perception. So I I think. Uh, short answer as a company, we try our hardest to find, to cover games that are owned by the developer. Um, I mean, you know, Microsoft is like Ori and the Blind Forest threw us for a loop because we were like, does Microsoft own it or do does uh, who developed Ori and the Blind Forest? I feel like an idiot. I should know this. I actually don't even know that. Something, so. something Moon. Uh, oops, all my recent searches. Uh, Moon Studios. Okay, I was right. Yeah. So, developer Moon Studios, publisher of Microsoft Studios. Um, and I don't even know if I don't even think it was part of the ID at Xbox. Um, no, and it, then that's I a whole different thing. Full, like, so, like, like you were saying. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what about Minecraft? Then, yeah. Well. Yeah. And then, like, once <laughs> I think we, Josh and I both were like damn it <laughs> once uh <laughs> once microsoft purchased minecraft i mean obviously it, you know that provides a lot of more opportunities for minecraft which is great as uh, you know josh especially is a huge fan of minecraft um but it also kind of was like what do we do as an indie game site with you know a minecraft server and um and so we kind of tried to keep it very vanilla and kind of keep it like as it were when it was, or as it was as an indie, when it was still an indie game, quote unquote. Um, but to, to be fair, I think Microsoft is really learning to kind of let developers have their own say. Um, and so, uh, you know, like ID at Xbox and, and even Ori in the Blind Forest I still would consider that an indie game. Mm-hmm. And um, really, though, I think Minecraft lots its indie, you know, uh, credentials along kind yeah, of way before yeah. Minecraft. I mean, for Microsoft, there they. I mean, once it was on like every living tablet and phone, yeah. and you know anything that you could put it on. Well, to be know, fair, I don't think it's widespread um, saturation doesn't disqualify it from being indie. Because I think if we were going to, you know, start doing disqualifying any games that are popular. Well, just mainstream. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I don't know. I've heard people argue the fact. You know what I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, um, I think especially with, like, stuff like Microsoft, I don't think we should stop considering something 
uh, is indie, just ones that gets a publisher because a lot of games they do go that route after you know they get they start get it developed and they're almost done. Developer or a publisher comes in like Devolver or somebody like that, you know, offers to help market it, yeah, fund it a little bit, yeah, you know, like you would consider, yeah. consider Hotline Miami an indie game, yeah, even yeah. though Devolver published it, and I think we should extend that kind of courtesy to other you know developers who you know even if they go with um like i know a couple years ago ea came out with ea partners mm-hmm. and they published stuff like shank 2 um warp um there's a couple more that i'm forgetting but you know clay developed I, those I, <laughs> i'm almost like if if i haven't heard of the title before it's indie <laughs> i've never yeah, heard of yeah. Um, well, and I, I wanted to read kind of a little blurb that I wrote in, a, in our little planning doc. Um, uh, so I try to find titles that are self-published or are published by known indie publishers, a.k.a. Devolver, ID at Xbox, uh, the indie stuff with Sony. Double Fine also, I think, does publish um, for indie games as well. Yep, as does Team um, 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh but uh, and typically, I tend to consider them titles that wouldn't get a lot of coverage or have a comparable marketing budget to AAA titles. So it's like that's that's kind of what I think Devolver's job has been is to kind of be like like the indie game pimp, if you will. Um, kind of like look at all these really great games. We're gonna help put them on the street corners and yeah. you know like Pour have people out. be yeah be more aware of them. Um, and I think that, uh, and I think that one of the, the the main things that indie games that kind of what separates indie games is is, and and I think you both, well, I know you both touched on this, uh, but I kind of want to b- belabor the point a little bit. Um, but is that there's something because of the small teams that there is this very distinct personal aspect to an indie game that just naturally gets saturated as you have more people working on it so like you know call of duty can have you know a hundred plus people working on it i have no idea how many people work on it uh, but more than 100 yeah <laughs> yeah so well so that plus i got it right so you know <laughs> more than a hundred more than a hundred plus people um and and so not not that the story you know the the plot writers or the story uh, writers or anything like that aren't making a good story. It's just that with more people putting their own personal things into it, it becomes more saturated. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then it has to become a little more, I don't want to say generic because I feel like that makes it uh, a negative connotation and it's not my intention to make it negative, but it becomes because you have to make it. It is. It like, does happen, you know, on triple yeah, games. Th- they try to make it go to different people. Whereas indie games naturally is kind of a, a niche market. So like, that's why like, you know, gone home was such a personal experience for a lot of people because it talked about, you know, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played gone home. I haven't um, played it. Oh, do you not want me to talk I'm about just it? Kidding. Okay, <laughs> um, is you know it talks about the relationship of this uh, this this girl's sister, and she finds out like her sister is a lesbian, and you kind of hear her her sister tell this story of like kind of of eventually essentially coming out and talking about her relationship with the woman or of the girl and talking to her parents, and, and you know that hits that that there is this personal aspect to it that you're not going to get in 
Call of Duty or, or you know, even, even um, I mean, even The Last of Us, it's a little, well, actually, you know, I, th- I, th- I think The Last of Us did a pretty good job, but um, they told a, they told a very detailed story with a lot less time, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, I think that's, that's how I kind of try to, so that's why I kind of feel like I kind of consider Journey an indie game, even though maybe technically it wouldn't, it's just because it's such an emotional game. I just finished it on PlayStation 4 again. Um, still cried <laughs> like a baby. Uh, just a, such an emotional game and just so different than anything out there. And, and, and the same with Valiant Hearts, like that's even just the style and the aesthetic kind of look more like an indie game. And you could say that about uh, Child of Light too. Also, Child of Light. Also Ubisoft. Really, yeah, also Ubisoft. So I think Ubisoft is really learning to trust their small teams and kind of create these. Uh, what was the other one? They Grown Home. That's another one. Yeah, that one might be coming out on PlayStation Plus next month. So yeah, that's one that, that I didn't realize was uh, Ubisoft either. Um, because Ubisoft. it's so. Yeah. I, what? said dang ubisoft there i know they're i think they're learning you know they're kind of figuring out that small studios can do big things not to sound (laughs) sound freaking uh i don't know what word i'm looking for motivational uh, poster (laughs) yeah they may be small but they have big (laughs) feelings um but i'd be interested for uh anybody listening um to kind of tell us what they think how they define indie games. Um, and I think uh, eventually um, down the road, I'm going to try to get some of our indie developer friends and, and see, cause I, and I think it's, I think it's a different, and that's, a, I think that's one of the, that, that personable aspect to it is one of the reasons that we decided to kind of become a, an indie focus site um, because they're easier to approach and they really want to talk to you about their game. You know, like they really do put so much time and effort into what they did. like, like uh, never ending nightmares. That was a personal story about a guy's struggle with depression and, and um, you know, a lot of other negative things in his life. And it's a very powerful visual representation of that. So that's, uh, that's, those are my thoughts on indie games. Um uh, I, I know that I wrote a, cov- or a question in here. Is it challenging for us to cover? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, we were talking off off uh, before we came back on. Um, I, there were times when I would uh, message Spencer and be like, do you think this is an indie game? I can't tell. Um, and, uh, and, and so uh, just to kind of like some sum up like how we approach it as a company is we do try to find to cover games that are owned by the developers and developers who have control over their IPs. And sometimes admittedly, we may not be able to get it right, but, and also a little bit of that trying to, to write and talk about games that you may not see on the dashboard of Xbox, or you may not see covered by, you know, some of those bigger, um, all all gaming websites and stuff yeah that's all that Uh, matters you know yeah having fun gaming and and finding cool stuff out there yeah um and uh and so that's that's indie to us indie games indeed that's my npr voice 
It's good. Yeah. It All good. games considered. <laughs> um, but uh, so that's, uh, I think we're going to get ready to get out of here, but I uh, just wanted to wrap up some stuff. Uh, Ghost Volta is still here. We're still doing, doing work, getting her done. Um, we do have a store. Uh, Josh made some really awesome designs for some shirts. Uh, I'll put that in the link up. And of course, if you go to ghostvolta.com, you'll see, uh, you'll see, you can also see Thomas's review of Polly Bridge. It's really good. Oh, you know what I almost forgot to talk about? I can't believe this. Um, sorry. So we're not going yet. Is Psych. Razor, Razor and Ouya. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I've got Ouya. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I've got about like 10 minutes left. Perfect. God, I planned this out perfectly. Um, so uh, we, we've talked about Ouya a lot in the past. Um, and so uh, about, I think last week, uh, Razor announced that it acquired Ouya software assets. And then following that, there was um, a lot of concern from Ouya developers f- because of their Free the Games Fund. Um, and for those of you who may have forgotten or, or aren't familiar with the Free the Games Fund, it um, essentially uh, promised developers to match their Kickstarter funds in exchange for uh, console exclusivity with with Ouya. And, um, and then that kind of had some controversy because people would kind of falsely I think they would like falsely grow how much they had earned or like f- falsely yeah they were uh, inflating their kickstarter numbers right 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 yeah they were and and then uh and then so originally it was fifty thousand dollars or greater um was was what they would pledge um and then uh, and then they kind of were like okay this is there's some loopholes in here um and then uh they uh, they made uh, reductions from 50,000 minimum to 10,000. And then the change to the exclusivity timeline was one month of exclusivity for every $10,000 awarded. So every $10,000 that was um, donated to like a, a indie games Kickstarter, Ouya would then donate $10,000. Um, and, um, and then, so there were still some game developers who were still getting that money. Um, and then after the acquisition of Ouya software, it kind of left them SOL because basically, uh, and then uh, Thomas wrote this up. Let me read a little bit of what he said. Um, Later that same week, numerous developers who wish to stay anonymous, presumably for re- legal reasons, told Motherboard that there, there was a particular clause in the Free the Games Fund contract, which went along the lines of, should Ouya fall into bankruptcy or insolvency, this contract will be terminated. Um, and so basically that meant that, uh, and then those, uh, those same developers were then told by Ouya via Skype that the absorption of Ouya by Razor would mean in effect, Ouya has a, co- as a company would cease to exist. Bankruptcy is contract, a sucky loophole. Yeah. And uh, all their contracts would have, would then become void. So basically they didn't have any money that they were promised from Ouya. And that was um, a really scary thing for them. Uh, completely understandably so. But they signed um, the contract for that though, right? Yeah. And I think like that's the problem with uh, that's kind of the, the double-edged sword of, of young developers. Um, Not really checking that, out their contracts. Well, and, and just wanting that funding, you know? Yeah. Um, 
because, I mean, that's money that they may not have been able to get. Um, but luckily, uh, Razor decided to be realized that they could capitalize on some really good PR and, and, and just be a good company and, and do some good for themselves. Um, so uh, enter Razor, who in one fell swoop managed to turn a potential PR disaster into a bonus for the company's image and platform. Less than a week later, the company responded to the news by promising a backing of the OUYA deal, a $620,000 commitment. Uh, there is, however, a catch. Developers much ma- must match the value of the money they've been given with free copies of their game to be given out on Cortex, which is uh, one of Razor's um, storefronts. Little what the hell's Cortex? Um, Cortex. It's like a. a I'm going. It's there. like Razor Steam, kind of. Yeah. Uh, let me let me pull it, up, pull it up. Then I'll also link this in our link up. Uh, whoops, no, Cortex Razor. Hmm, cool. It's a uh, Razor Steam, yeah. Um, or Gog or whatever, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's exactly what you and Spencer just said. Um, so then it also helps them have more games on their platform. Um, and then the developers then are able to promote. Or get the money that they needed to make their games because uh, one of the things I, th- cause I, I be- I'm pretty sure, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I'm sure someone will <laughs> um, that uh, P- it's, it's a console exclusive in- exclusivity. So that means that the game can also launch on PC as well. I believe so. I don't know if they're, if Rage is going to honor the, uh, or make them honor the, the console exclusivity deal. So no, um, Razer launched their new, they have a, or they're at least talking about launching a, a set-top box, kind of like the Ouya or the NVIDIA Shield or whatever the hell they, they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, the so Shield, right? That's, yeah, the Shield. So I don't know if they're going to make them follow through with that. They might just be doing like the, hey, give us the free copies, but you can yeah. launch on Steam or do whatever. So I think it, that free copy... Hard to tell is a win-win because they're getting they're getting you know something for it mm-hmm. to give away so i i see that deal as a win-win for them you know they're helping and the developers the developers are getting money and they're getting something for it for their their site yeah or, well and and it and expands platform. the platform yeah it expands the platform for not just razor but also for the developers so then more people are able to experience their game um and and if they were going to do, I I would think that if if they a lot of them would be were going to make it for PC anyway, it's probably not a whole lot of extra work for them. Exclusivity, I don't know about that. That's something we could probably do a whole episode on. I think that was yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. because that's that's one of the big things for E three is like you'll see this kind of like asterisk with Xbox and and Sony. You know, like Rocket League was a Sony console exclusive. But it also was out on PC. It is Same coming. With, it is coming to Xbox though. I right, right, right. But right. Um, or or there'll be like a console launch exclusivity. There are these little like buzzwords that they use to try to make it seem like their product has yeah. the upper hand. I mean, and, and that makes sense. That's marketing. That's that's what you do. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, you know, like, uh, it didn't uh, work out for Ouya. <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, that that makes me worried because well, so I, I don't really know. Now I want to like crack open my Ouya. Well, not crack it open, but turn it on and and, yeah, and give it. Off. Yeah, I need to see what the software is like now with all the upgrades. There was one game that I really wanted to check out, and I hope that it's still okay because they've are that family has already experienced a lot of loss. Was the the game that that Dragon Cancer mm-hmm. um, about? Uh, a, it was designed by a father and mother whose son had cancer, and unfortunately, their son uh, ended up passing away. Um, but it was a game that I thought was kind of the summation of what, or the, the shining example of, of how important indie games are in terms of expression and, and helping people feel things and experience things that they may not experience in their lives. Um, so I hope that, that they're getting, I'm going to have to do a little more research on that next podcast. We probably will have a follow up <laughs> on some of these things. Yeah. Um, Cause I'll, I'll want to see how it's doing. Cause I wanted to review it and talk about it when it came out. Um, so I hope they're okay, uh, because I would hate for them to have another, uh, blow, um, yeah. in that regard. But, um, <laughs> on that, uh, upbeat, <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's look to see, uh, does anybody know if there are any indie games coming out? Um, I can, uh, uh I the can new shadow run is... so that's not super. The new Shadow Run is coming out here in like what's today? Today is the it, on Thursday, basically. So I'm pretty excited for that because I really enjoyed uh, Shadow Run Dragonfall, and uh, you know, obviously they're going to expand on that with this. I mean, it's going to be a different storyline, but as an RPG fan, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, I need to look and see what was announced at Gamescom. Um... Uh, cause I know Cuphead is up, is coming for, uh, the ID at Xbox. Um, there's, I think that's coming pretty soon and soon. Uh, there are some new launches, uh, RBI baseball. Um, uh, that's, uh, the one with like all the water, um, submerged or something like that mm-hmm. that's uh, that's out now yeah yeah that one's that one just got released uh you know what like this is just an aside i can't stand that whole like list uh post idea of like where here's a list of games that you might not know about and then it's like a click to the next page like no mother trucker list no. it it's a list <laughs> put it right now <laughs> yeah i cannot stand that that drives me up a freaking wall so uh, sorry that's uh that's my um that's uh that's to get more hits right more yeah more page yeah hits. More unique. yeah yeah submerged uh just came out one game on every page <laughs> yeah yeah um submerged just came out and then I know that, um, and then, uh, there's some other sales, uh, next time, next time we'll have a better roundup for things to, that are coming up, I think. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So this is a good one. It's pretty long. So yeah, I feel pretty, I feel pretty good. I hope you all enjoyed. Let us know. Uh, this will be av- available on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, 
TuneIn, Stitcher, and then I'm also trying to put it on Pocket Casts as well. Um, so tell your friends if you enjoyed it. Uh, give us a rating. Let us know. Give us feedback. Um, all that good stuff. And if there's anything that you want us to talk about next time, let us know. So this is, I mean, this is definitely a work in progress, but it's something that we care about. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So. Hey everyone, one last edit. Sorry about that. Our podcast got cut off before we could finish, but we wanted to remind you to go to ghostvolta.com since that's our home base. There you can read all of our articles, news, and reviews on indie games, as well as get links to our social media, our forums, our store, and even submit writing samples if you'd like to write for us. So be sure to head over there and tell us what you think. Thanks again for listening to our podcast and we'll see you next week.